Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. It's officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. Made for by the fans, for the fans. Uh, this is your host, Richard Carmen. Uh, we're back for another enthralling uh, episode of uh, the Schalke Podcast. Uh, Joining me as always to commemorate my misery is Jack Mangan. How are you doing, Jack? Richard, my friend, happy Monday to you. How are you? Happy Monday. And we could not add another word to that because uh, another loss, another defeat uh, at the hands of Werder Bremen. Uh, it's been tough going uh, to be a Shaka fan this season. Yeah, and it's not getting any better recently. Yeah, it just continues to get worse but uh luckily some of the teams around us also had some difficult results this past weekend which was was helpful but um do you start getting some dubs <laughs> otherwise we're going to be in trouble yeah and it's uh i think i saw the stat that we've given up three goals or more in three consecutive games or something like that yeah mine's three nil Dusseldorf four nil and then uh four goals to Werder Bremen as well although that fourth one um is really a product of us trying to you know, go for broke at the end of the game to get an equalizer. So I'm not going to really count that fourth goal against us. But yeah, still conceded three beyond that one. So uh, yeah, the defensive record recently has been pretty poor. And that's especially worrying heading into a Champions League second leg against a team as dangerous as Manchester City. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a very interesting thing because Manchester City are one of the strongest teams in Europe, uh, in the world really. And, and, Yeah, we had a favorable result in the first leg, uh, but I don't think many of us are expecting us to duplicate those efforts uh, going forward. Um, before we get into that game, we're going to have to recap the misery that was. Um, the score was a 4-2, but I want to talk about really quick about the the lineups in this one, or the lineup at least in this one for Schalke. Um, in goal was Nubel. In defense, you had Nastasic, Bruma, and Stambouli. Uh, in the midfield, you had Kalajiri, McKenny, McKenny back in the lineup, Bentaleb, Ochipka, Imbolo, he's back as well, Skripsky, and then Bergsall are leading the way. Um, it's good to see some of the guys who've been missing for a while, uh, particularly McKenny and Imbolo. But, uh, the, I mean, their impact in the game was felt immediately. But still, the team struggled. I mean, at least the show, team showed fight in this one, right? Uh, they, we couldn't say that in the last past two games. Yeah, I, I definitely think the performance was better despite still conceding a large number of goals and the, the ultimate result being the same. I think you'd be hard pressed to, to say that the performance wasn't significantly improved. Um, I mean, still a lot of issues, but um, we'll get into all the goals and everything, but yeah, I mean, it, definitely a better offensive performance to some extent, uh, maintain possession a little bit better. Uh, once again, it just, it just seemed like the team, 
had a sense of what was going on more. I mean, I know it's like very surface level analysis, but the, the past two games, particularly the Mines game and then also the Dostoff game, just it looked like they had no idea what was going on out there or what they were trying to do, and it, it was an absolute mess. And so um, I do think the performance in this one was slightly more encouraging uh, despite picking up another loss. Yeah, and uh, so speaking of loss, uh Daniel Calagiri got injured in this one in the 87th minute, um, right at the end of the game. Early progno- or early, early thoughts were this is going to be a serious injury and he's going to be out for the season. But they came back with prognosis, and it looks like it's only a four- to six-week prognosis, and he should be back at the very end of the season. Um, what was it saying? They were saying it was his ankle or something, ligament or something? Well, initially, I think right after he had been taken off in the immediate aftermath of the game, there was – concern that was being reported from the Schalke side of things uh, that he was going to be maybe out for the season, like suffering like a fracture or some sort of like leg break. Um, it turned out not to be that. I have to double check on what the official diagnosis actually was. I think it was like like a, like a muscle tear or something um, or some like ligament issue. But um, as you said, it should only, only, only be out four to six, which is a long time, obviously. Yeah. But uh, the good news is barring any sort of setbacks, he should be back for the last few matches of the season for us, which would be huge because obviously he's, he's one of our more important players. Yes, yeah. uh, he certainly is. And, um, you know, another player that we've been talking about, at least in the last few weeks, has been an important player is uh, Weston McKinney. And, and to a lesser extent, Brielle and Bola, both those players were back in the lineup in this one. And their impact was uh, was shown immediately almost. And then really in the 26th minute, uh, a lofted ball into the, into the offensive third. McKinney gets ahead on it, as he always does. Uh, it finds uh, Brielle and Bola, who goes streaking down and scores a goal. Uh, it's good to see the Swiss uh, international scoring a goal like that. Um, it's a long time coming. It gave you a little bit of hope there that you know Schalke was fighting in this one, and hey, we actually scored a goal for one. So um, all around, good to see that those two players hook up for a goal. Yeah, great, great way to start the game. Uh, early on, I, th- I thought that Schalke looked a little bit sloppy in terms of just some sort of some aimless clearances. Um, and long balls being played, and I, I wish we had been a little bit more direct and, and intentional with some of that stuff. But um, as you said, Weston McKenney, as always, just an absolute monster in the air. He's so difficult to beat in an aerial duel. He, he seems to win almost all of them. I'm sure that's not you know what the actual stat is, but every time I notice it, it seems like he, he comes out on top in those and does a great job. Does a nice look down header um, for Mbolo. And the ball is actually a little bit behind him, and he makes two really, really good touches to, first of all, control that and also get it in a position where he can get onto his left foot and uh, finish his near post beyond Pavlenka, who actually played a very, very good game. Pavlenka was, was excellent in this one, but... Um, yeah, what an impact from Mbolo. This is his first start since November. And, uh, yeah, I mean, instant impact. You love having him back. Uh, we've been critical of him at, at times because we feel like maybe he hasn't lived up to the expectation and, and the hype that was surrounding him uh, prior to signing with Schalke because there were some big clubs beyond Schalke that were going after him back when he was at Basel as well. So it was yeah. a big deal that we were able to secure his signature. But, um, you know, he's, he's had so much injury trouble, and it's 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 hard to be overly critical of him at times just because, you know, he keeps having these setbacks. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he made a brief cameo appearance last match, but beyond that, like, hadn't really been playing at all since November. So for him to uh, do that on his first start back was massive and it was it was exactly the start we needed speaking of massive is it just me or did he appear a little bit bigger like muscular was than he had previously it seemed like his legs were bigger it was a little bit more filled out maybe just him getting older 
I don't know, maybe or maybe just me being wishful thinking. I don't know, but he seemed a little bigger on, on that, that on that match day. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but he certainly did an excellent job um, uh, with some of his hold up play as well. He demonstrating you know great balance and strength. A lot of times when he was uh, he was winning a lot of fifty fifty balls, and when he after he won those, he was able to you know muscle defenders off a lot and uh, you know played off for a teammate or anything. So um, definitely looked good in that regard as well. But that 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 first goal is. Um, like I said, just two phenomenal touches and a really, really smart finish near post. So, uh, you know, sometimes after somebody comes back from a long injury, they're just not match sharp, even if they've been in training or whatever. Right. And uh, he showed no signs of rust on that one at all. He jumps right back into things. Yeah, no, it was it was an excellent goal by him. Well, well taken for sure. Uh, so Schalke has a lead, and that lead didn't last too long. It lasted all of five minutes. Uh, Milo Rashica, he would score a goal, really shooting against the grain, caught Everyone flat-footed, including Nubel. Uh, he scores a goal and goes and celebrates in the corner. 1-1, just like that. Uh, it seems like the defense is caught napping there, and, and, and Rashika made them pay uh, dearly for that. Yeah, Bremen's got some really sneaky players, don't they? Uh, you know, Eggestein and, and Rashica and, and others. And um, Max Cruz is the big name, but I mean, these uh, other guys you're talking about. Well, Max Cruz, who... I, I hate Max Cruz because he always seems to score against Schalke. <laughs> yeah. As does Martin Harnick, by the way. That's true. true story. I mean, like every time it seems like. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but um, I'm not going to criticize the defense too much for this goal. Actually, I mean, I, th- I think um, wh- who delivered the ball on that one? Do you remember? I can't recall who it was, but I, don't I, I do think that he, you know, through a quick give and go, got around um, whatever midfielder was marking him a little bit too easy um, and got in a position to to play that ball in maybe easier than we would have liked. But honestly, that's just a phenomenal play from Rashidza. Um That ball's coming in uh, to Claudio Pizarro in the box, and he's getting double teamed essentially. And it looks like it's kind of you know going to land fairly low in front of him. And for whatever reason, that that scuffle kind of leads to none of them getting there. It, it, it falls a little bit closer to the edge of the box, and Rashidza just like sprinted in on that thing and snuck in behind everybody. Um, and I don't think Ochipka was able to get there in time to stop him, but just a really well-taken shot, like bottom corner, um, really silky finish. And uh, like I said, that that's more of just a really great play from him than anything super poor that, that Schalke did defensively. So an unfortunate goal to concede, but you got to tip your hat to him on that play. It's, it's, it's a well-taken goal. Ah, most certainly there, and and the scoreline would go to halftime at one one. So it still looked fairly promising. It looked like uh, maybe a point was on on the on the books uh, possibly. Um, they came out of the half, and uh, the second half did not start too well. A penalty was called. Um, the Schalke killer, as as Jack mentioned, Max Kruse, he would score the goal in the fifty first minute, and give the Werder a two to one lead, um, and just you know. Just like that, we we were feeling so good for ourselves, and then we gave up that goal in the 51st minute, and then it seemed like the, the tide started to turn. Um, that man who scored the first goal for Werder, Rashica, uh, he popped up again. Uh, he made a move, nice move in the box uh, to fake out pretty much the goalie and the defender, uh, gets himself open and shoots a goal. Uh, just like that, 3-1. Um, it was not pretty for Schalke on, on that point. Um a nice, a nice goal by Rashica, but I thought the defense there was much worse than it was in the first goal that Rashica scored. So yeah, so going back to the the Cruza penalty for a second, I don't feel like I've seen an angle from that that's particularly zoomed in or close up to this point. I feel like I haven't seen one angle that that definitively shows whether or not that was a penalty. Have you? No, no, and I, I, maybe I, I guess the the call on the field was a penalty, and that 
I don't know if it has to be conclusive that it's not a penalty or something. I don't know. It was well, no, it wasn't. It, to me. The, the call on the field was not a penalty, as far as I'm aware. The, the play continued after that for a bit, and there was there oh, right, was right, sev- right. several shots that were taken. Um, Cruiser was complaining immediately, and then the rest of the Bremen team seemed to join in after Eggestein ultimately fired it out of bounds. But uh, yeah, VAR got involved. The the official went and took a look at it, and then did call it a penalty. Um, like I said, I, I didn't see a camera angle that we, everything was really zoomed out, and it was difficult to tell what was going on. Um, if there was any contact, it was certainly inadvertent contact. It wasn't an intentional thing. Basically, Cruz gets tripped up from behind and falls forward as the ball's kind of coming near him. Yeah, um, but I, I was yeah, I, I was seeing a lot on on the interwebs from various people suggesting that it was a, a super soft call, and I did not see anything conclusive on my end. So. Um, I mean, I doubt that Cruz would have just fallen over and totally flopped, but uh, still, it, it seemed like a a fairly soft penalty to concede, and that that was really disappointing. And then also, getting to your uh, your Rashidza goal, um, hate to do it, but Weston McKenney, man, I have to put a lot of the blame for that one on him. Wide open. Um, yeah, Rashidza is. Kind of like the far, the ball's coming up the right side of the pitch. Rashidza's way out of the play on the left hand side of the box. Uh, Daniel Calajuri is in, is in front of him, and this ball gets played into the box. Um, and I believe it's I want to say it's either Bruma. Yeah, I think it's probably Bruma who's in position for it. But um, I forget who the striker was at that, at that moment. But um, the striker got in behind, and so Calajuri runs over. To get behind him to kind of sandwich, to get a body in between you know the player and and, and the goal, um, and so because of that, uh, Rashidza is, is left completely unmarked on the left side of the box, and that's Weston McKenney. He's the nearest player to that, and he's walking around and makes no effort. The second that ball comes in, he, he I mean he he's looking in that direction. He should be able to see that Rashidza is unmarked. He makes no effort to go mark him, and then the ball ends up dropping to Rashidza, and he still makes no effort to run in there and try to do something. And ultimately, Rashidza is able to, as you said, get around Nubel and, and fire home. And um, it, it just looked to me like McKenney was hoping that Schalke was going to win that header and hit it out of the box. But it, the and he and he played a decent game beyond that. Um, he was active. I thought he was working, you know, fairly hard. But in this kind of situation where we are on the table and everything, th- those are the kind of plays you can't afford to make. You got to. You gotta like it's 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 a lack of a heads up play. You got you gotta be aware of what's going on in the pitch and you gotta hustle and you gotta put yourself in those positions. And sometimes we'll make that run and Schalke will win the header and you made that run for nothing. But there's times like that where that ball's gonna squirt through for whatever reason and you didn't make the run and you're not in position and uh they concede a really cheap goal in, in that way. So that that was disappointing to see from from McKenney. And I mean there's a lot of individual stakes that have been made in recent weeks. It's not like it's just him, but um Obviously, hate to have to criticize our American boy on there, but uh, not not his best moment. No, and it, it's kind of a theme that we've been talking about all year, really, I mean, for the first five games and all the way through the season, is that little things like that, not picking up guys, uh, letting guys go in the box, not not backtracking, not do your due diligence to 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 get the play, you know, in your favor, and, and it's been hampering us all season long. And this is just a microcosm of what the whole season was, really, in that in that goal. Um, so it's three one at that point, and uh, you know we're thinking we're dead in the water. I mean, we basically are. Riel and Bolo breathes uh, breathes some air, fresh air into our into our lungs, give us a, a hope that there's gonna score. It was a corner kick. Uh, he out jumps everybody. It was actually a really good error by by Mbolo on that. It was poor defense by Verder, but um, he got up there. I was looking at the replay. And he got he got good ups there. He got McKenny ups there, uh, and he scored the goal. 
Um, I thought Pavlika really should have had that goal, but hey, goal's a goal. Um, three two at that point with five minutes to go. Yeah, I'm not gonna put that one on Pavlenka. To me, that's that's the fault of there was three Bremen defenders in front oh, of Brel and Bolo. Definitely take all the Bremen. Yeah, defenders. I mean that was that was really that was really bad defending from. I mean, like it, props to Mbolo. He had I think maybe the best game of anyone on the team, and he he was really sharp and he like as you said rose up great and had a nice. He was actually kind of moving backwards too, so it was, it was a difficult yeah. header for him, sort of like you know in terms of his balance and everything in the air, but. Um, it, at the end of the day, that was kind of an unmarked header um, from point blank. So Pavlika didn't have a lot of time to react to it. And, and I mean, I don't know how you have three defenders. No one's putting a body at them or doing anything. That was, that was poor from there. But, yeah, brace for uh, brace for Mbolo on his, his, his return to uh, starting 11. Yeah, yeah, so then it's 3-2 at that point. Shaka are going for broke at this point, trying to get a point in this one. And they pretty much sell out, you know, trying to get a goal. Uh, they get caught going the other way, and then uh, the guy you mentioned earlier, Martin Harnick, uh, he scores a goal in the 94th minute. Uh, it makes it a 4-2. He kind of you know, throws salt into the wound. Uh, but really, Werder, they win the game. They deserve to win the game uh, as another loss. At least there's a fight this time by Schalke. Uh, in particular, Mbolo, who, if you had to give a man of the match because to a losing team, it would be Mbolo by far. Because, yeah, I thought he was, like you said, he was sharp despite being off for such a long period of time, and um, he looked hungry. Well, we haven't seen that in a player uh, leading the line in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said earlier, I, I just I seem to notice him hustling and getting to a lot of those loose balls, and that's something that is is super important. Sometimes late in the season, when things aren't going well for you and you need to grind out some results, a lot of it's just like that extra bit of effort on various plays that over the course of a match um, accumulate to a few less possessions for the opposing team or additional time around the box for your, for your team. And those things are huge. And I saw him doing a lot of that and I, I love to see that. Um, and obviously, you know, when he's on his game, I don't think anyone would disagree with me saying that he's probably our most dangerous option going forward. Um, no disrespect to Bergstaller or somebody, but I, I do think, you know, at his best, and Bolo's probably best attacking option we have. Um, so great to see that, like, like I said earlier, right out of the right out of the starting blocks, he's he's hitting the ground running, which is which is awesome. Yeah, and so he does do well, uh, but nonetheless, the team did not get a, a, a favorable result, um, and so they lose another one. Uh, if you look at the table now, we actually have uh, a new leader at the top. It is Bayern Munich. Boo. Uh, yeah, either way, one and two. Maybe oh, yeah, here. Dortmund as well, yeah. But, <laughs> but Schalke sit in 14th place. They're uh, one point above Augsburg uh, at this point, and they are about four points out of the relegation playoff uh, spot. Um, you know, Nor- luckily for Schalke, Nuremberg, Hanover, and Stuttgart are really poor this season. Uh, so that's that's helping us a little bit. Um, but still, there's a lot, lot, lot to be done. Uh, next game for Schalke in the Bundesliga is uh, on Saturday against RB Leipzig. And it's at home at least, but, I mean, we saw the Dusseldorf match. Um, can we expect more fight from the guys on Saturday? Hopefully. Two difficult fixtures coming up. Manchester City tomorrow, Tuesday, that is. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Audience, viewer, who's listening to me right now. Um, and then, yeah, uh, <laughs> RB, RB Leipzig. Um, still four points off that relegation playoff spot, but, uh, you know, another loss. And if, if Stuttgart's able to, to pick up three points and that gap is going to close to just one point. So, uh, hopefully we see that fight. Um, I do agree that, that it was a better performance in that, in that regard. 
uh, some good effort put in. And, and uh, Schneider seems to agree with that as well. We, we, we talked on the podcast last week. After that Dusseldorf game, things were full crisis mode, and it looked bad for, for Tedesco's yeah. future. Uh, and, and Schneider came out and announced that Tedesco was going to be uh, at the helm for, for this Bremen game. Um, and But after the loss... Everyone was kind of like, are they going to announce something? Like, what's going to happen? And, and what Schneider basically came out and said was that all they were looking for was a response from the team and an improvement in the performance. And they felt like they saw that, particularly in the first half. And so as a result of that, they you know they weren't going to make any moves. So uh, Tedesco apparently safe for now. And, and, and who knows if this is a game-by-game thing or if they're still trying to give him more time, potentially even all the way through the end of the season. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but... Um, you know, verbal support from Schneider there that at least he, he he did recognize that the performance was better and that's that's the main thing the hierarchy was looking for um, on the heels of that Dusseldorf defeat. Well, that next game that he'll be managing is the Manchester City game in the Champions League. Uh, we look back at the first leg. Uh, Schalke had a 2-1 uh, lead going with five minutes left and they end up blowing that and losing 3-2. Um, and that kind of like was the start of the, the, the chaotic spiral that we had um, but, um, you know, we're going to Manchester City now. This is a tall, tall task. <sighs> is there any chance that we – well, let me say this. The the match weeks in Champions League, the first, the first and second legs, have been chaotic. Whoever wins the first leg tends to lose the second leg or has lost the second leg, I think, in every matchup so far. So do we see Schalke overturn this uh, deficit and, and come back and win, Jack? I mean, crazier things have happened. This is the Champions League. You see this kind of stuff all the time. Although we're not playing uh, PSG, so we're not going up against some choke artists. I think. Yeah. Man City, although I mean, eh, you know, Man City hasn't ha- doesn't have a great track record in the Champions League nope. either. Um, yeah, listen, I I didn't think the first leg was going to be particularly close. But I think we got lucky and caught Man City on uh, a little bit of a, a dip in form, and we defended fairly admirably in that game and got the benefit of a couple penalties that made the whole thing close, but headed back to the Etihad um, away from the crowd that can get you know pretty loud in the Veltons Arena. I think Man City is probably going to be more comfortable and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say the easiest way, but certainly the most, because it's not easy, but certainly the most direct way to victory is, is a 2 nil win for Schalke that would send us through, but I don't think there's many people that would get us to walk into the Etihad and beat Manchester City uh, 2-0. So, uh, very difficult task. Uh, there's been some report, I think it was a report from Bill last night, maybe, and once again, whether or not you trust Bill at all is um, <laughs> that's, that's up for debate in itself, but uh, there was a report that was suggesting that Tedesco was going to name um, a weakened side against Manchester City to focus on the Bundesliga and picking up a result against Leipzig. But looking at the squad that he brought, I don't really see that happening because basically everybody in that selection is among the usual suspects, so to speak. All of them have gotten significant match time this season. So, I mean, whether, I mean, maybe if you consider a weakened side to be like Serdar, Rudy, Toysher, people like that, maybe then that's a weakened side. But, um, you know, Serdar and Rudy have certainly gotten more than their fair share of playing time this season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, part of me feels like he's going to go for it just because, I mean, imagine what that would do for the morale for us this season going forward. Um, if we are able to somehow knock off Man City, that could be, oh, yeah. you know, the spark that turns everything around. And then just from Tedesco's perspective, um, yeah, I mean, not just that, but I mean, like, let's say that like, even if, even if Schalke and Tedesco part ways 
at the end of the season, uh, knocking Man City out of the Champions League is a nice little thing to have on the resume going into a summer where you might be, you know, not under contract and looking for your next gig. So I think that Tedesco has every reason to try to try to go for this. Although I would certainly understand if he if he wanted to rest as many people as possible and, and focus on the Bundesliga. But um, you know, these Champions League nights don't come around that often for us these days. The last couple of seasons, we you know we've been in and out of Europe, so and we're certainly not going to be there. Next year, unless we somehow win this competition, so um, I, you know, I, I fully expect the team to give it their best shot. And it's funny you mentioned lineups, and I, and I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, going back to that Ver game, because there's three names that were left off the of the sheet. Uh, in particular, Mark Uth, I mean Harit, and and Hamza Mendel. We kind of know Hamza Mendel. He kind of has not been playing really well as of late. Um, Uth was kind of head scratching, and, and the first initial reports, I don't know if it was Bild or whom. Uh, they said it was for disciplinary reasons. And just before the game, I don't know if you saw this, Jack. I Amin did. Harid tweeted out in English that he said, you know, I'm 100%, with, I'm 100% behind the team, and I was not benched for disciplinary reasons. It was just a coaching decision. And I'm like, that's an interesting tweet by him, especially because it was in English. He never tweets in English, I think. It's always like German or – I know it's not true. He does tweet in English. But it was in all caps, I believe it was. And it was just very ominous right before the game. And, yeah, I, make of it what you will. I mean, what would you make of that tweet? Yeah, it, it was definitely curious. I, I I didn't know exactly what to make of it because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, did, did Tedesco come out and say that it was for disciplinary reasons, or was that just some random report that was floating around? Because I don't think Tedesco said that himself. So I yeah, don't know I don't why he felt he that he that. needed to set the record straight in that way. Um, that just seemed to be a distraction right before kickoff that no one really needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not that he's doing that like in the locker room. It's obviously just kind of do the Twitter sphere, but um, I mean, he's not even on the pitch and he's kind of making it about him to some extent. So that it was just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too critical about it and who knows what's really going on, but that was, I did notice that. And that was, it raised an eyebrow to say the least. Did Are any of those three in the lineup for the Man City game? Uh, I don't, recall I don't think all of them are even traveling. Okay. I can check on that while we're talking. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't think Tedesco's released tomorrow's lineup anyway, unless you were asking me for a prediction. Um, I, I will. I will. But, uh, while you're looking at that, I'm, I'm going to pull up a couple articles. One was, it's this funny from the Manchester Evening News, and it says that the, uh, the title is Avoid Traveling. Mancunians issued warning ahead of tomorrow's City versus Schalke tie as thousands of German fans planned chaotic march to the Etihad. Uh, basically, fans of the German club have informed police that they intend to walk to the Etihad Stadium on foot for Tuesday's Champions League clash, despite um, the German chiefs saying they wanted to move away from the practice. Um, yeah, I, I just thought that was a funny tweet. I mean, Schalke do travel very, very well, and wherever they go, they always march to the stadium. So uh, it's just funny how that tweet, that, that tweet, that, that um, Manchester Evening News came out with that. A funnier article now is going to be Deutsche Welle. And their article is called Mission Almost Impossible, How Schalke May Be Able to Beat Manchester City. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm curious because uh, uh, only I make those crazy uh, those crazy statements like Schalke's going to win the Bundesliga this year, right? How did that work out? <laughs> uh, so the first, the first uh, thing they say is Schalke need to capitalize on the likely absence of Fernandinho. Um, okay, I mean, yeah, Fernandinho is a, a great central midfielder for Manchester City. 
but they got a, a they got ten other great players on that on that starting lineup, and then guys on the bench. So there's more to worry about than just Fernandinho. Uh, I think you got to worry about the attacking guys. I mean, who's the guy who beat who burnt them on the last goal? Burnt a Chipka, uh, Raheem Sterling. You got to worry about him. Got to worry about Aguero. You got to worry. There's plenty of guys to worry about. I think Fernandinho is the least of your worries uh, in that respect. Uh, the next point is revel in the lack of pressure. Basically, it's saying you know Schalke, there's no pressure on them. Uh, so they can go out there and, and play play reckless and, and try to win. And I, I disagree with that to an extent because there's tremendous pressure, and it's not in the Champions League, it's in the Bundesliga. And like you were saying, they're maybe they're going to rest some guys because they want to not worry about the Champions League so much because they want to make sure they survive the Bundesliga. And so I think there's tremendous pressure on them. And, you know, I, I, while I get what this article is saying, I just think it's not worded right. And then something we've been all been... Uh, this last point is something we've all been riding on the last two years, and it's hope for helping a helping hand from VAR. Uh, VAR was very friendly to us last season. This season, not so much. It's about 50-50, about where it should be. But um, as always, and as, as Phil, 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 uh, Phil Bonnie says, you know, hey, maybe Schalke can get maybe Bentel up and get a couple goals uh, from, the, from the penalty spot. So um, it happened in the first leg, right? So uh, who, knows what, who knows what can happen on uh, these crazy Champions League nights. I do agree with the article on on the second point, though, because I mean, yeah, obviously there's there's pressure contextually for Schalke, but right. um, no one expected them to beat City and go through. And now after the first leg, that's even that's even still in chance, right? Yeah, but I mean that, that's even more so the case. I mean, I don't think anyone expected them from the beginning, and now they now they would need a two goal victory, which it doesn't seem particularly likely. Manchester City, on the other hand, um, people like I'm sure their fans feel that they have underachieved recently in that competition and so you know now they're at home against a team that is struggling mightily domestically uh, a team they should be protecting a lead i think all of the pressure in that game at least is on manchester city um i mean shall can just go out there and swing for the fences and not feel particularly bad i think if they don't come out on top that's just the way i'm looking at it like to me a loss tomorrow um is not going to concern me all that much unless for some reason it's like six nil and we look absolutely god awful but i mean yeah i mean i fully have expected city to 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 beat up on us a little bit more than they did in the first leg anyway so um yeah i kind of i kind of like the position schalke is in not from a scoreline aggregate but like from um the mindset in this one all right fair enough what do you think the chances are that uh, Guardiola just tells the guys, 11 guys back on the ball and let Schalke come and attack you and see, and see what they got? Not great. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a, uh, an interesting, interesting tie. It could be depending on the scoreline. And, and by the way, Harit and Markut are not in the traveling squad. Hamza Mendel is. The other two were not brought to Manchester from what I can tell. Interesting. Interesting. Curiouser and curiouser. So, with that said, what do you think of the prospects of the game? What do you think? There's a what do you, let's give a prediction from you. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think we're going to lose, but um, I would personally love to see some of the young guys get an opportunity um, to get some experience on that level. Uh, I would love it if, like Mbolo and Katuchu were starting um, up top. I obviously want McKenney. Yeah. To yeah. be on there as well. Um, I, I would love to see Matondo get some action against his Finally, former team. Yes. Yeah, yes. seriously. Um, 
and, and I would like to say something about Matana real quick. I, I do feel bad for the kid because I feel like he's been put in a bad position here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Schalke spent a lot of money for him, and you kind of expect him to come in and be an immediate contributor. But given the way the season's gone, now it's kind of difficult to, to put an 18-year-old kid with almost no first-team experience at all into the fray in the middle of a relegation fight. Like, I don't blame Tedesco for wanting to uh, go with more experienced options up front. So I feel like it's really hard for him to break in given the situation because you don't want to put him in a bad, you know, hurt his confidence by putting him in when the team's playing horribly and they're losing games and the fans are on everyone's back and everything. So I do feel bad for him, but uh, this would be a good opportunity, I think, for him to get some it's two minutes. Yeah, and it would be nice to see him for a change. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, I really would like to see him. And uh, yeah, I'm curious what, what the lineup is going to be. I, I, mean, I think Chalk is going to lose for sure. Question is by how much, right? Um, are they going to put a fight up and, and keep it close? Maybe get a maybe get a surprise. Who knows? But um, all indications based on current form that it's not going to end too well. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so they'll most likely be out of the Champions League, uh, and then they go the next game. Obviously, is going to be RB Leipzig, which is going to be another big game. It's it's a gauntlet to come down the stretch. We got some big teams. We got to we got to fight, and also got to fight team or play teams in the uh, who are battling relegation with us. So um, it doesn't get any easier for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else you want to touch on? No, I think that about covers it. Um, we do want to mention that uh, there is going to be a Schalke watch party for the Eintracht match on April 6th in Columbus. Uh, do you have the name of that bar off the top of your head? I do not. Uh, <laughs> it's all We're right. so prepared for this. But yeah, I, I mean, know, right? I will say that I was at the last one. That one was at Land Grant Brewing. I think this is at a different location. Um, but yeah, that was a good time. And there will be some people from from the club there probably giving out some merch and, and, you know, it's just a good, good opportunity to uh, get together with some other Chicago fans. I know Richard, you're probably going to make an effort to be there and I will as well. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to confirm that as we get closer to that date, but uh, Frankfurt, you know, big team should be a, should be an exciting, exciting match. So anybody in the general Midwest area that uh, wants to make that drive or anybody in Ohio specifically uh, should definitely, definitely come to that. Yeah, it'll be a good time. You can try to meet Jack and myself and uh, have some beers with us and maybe some uh, some shock peeps. So, I mean, at, at minimum, you'll be with good company with other shock fans. And so, uh, nothing's wrong with that. We can all drink some beer. And, and either way, whether it's a good result or bad result, we can drink some beer. So, uh, we'll definitely be there for that. Uh, we'll be rocking our Shaka gear for sure, the gear that you can pick up at the Shaka store. Uh, make sure you do that. There's still discounts available, so uh, make sure you start, go right away. And if you haven't already, go to the Shaka US uh, Shaka website and sign up for the US newsletter if you're in the states, or you can just get the Shaka newsletter in general. Um, quick shout out to Shaka Fan Club UK. Uh, we've had a lot of wonderful chats uh, lately on on Twitter, so uh, this is shout out quick to them, real quick. Um, on that note, I think we're gonna wrap this up, Jack. Uh, another quick, short pod, but I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about uh, the next episode when we have to di- dive right into the uh, Champions League match, uh, good or bad, and then the RB Leipzig match. So um, prepare for a much, much uh, more in-depth episode there. Um, we want to thank Shaka for all the information on and tidbits for our podcast today. Uh, we're going to give a special shout-out to the NBC4 Nashville uh, they're good friends of the show, Jack. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on the Twitter sphere? 
at J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Uh, I should be on the Manchester Football Social Radio Show on yes. 106.1 FM, XS Manchester, uh, at about, what is that, 6.30 Greenwich Mean Time, 140 yep. Central Time here in the States. So if you are looking for uh, a preview of tomorrow's Champions League encounter uh, about an hour before kickoff. Feel free to tune into that. You can probably find it online um, or you can check out that podcast later and see what I had to say uh, in enemy territory on a Manchester City podcast. It should be quite the, quite the episode. I will be turning it, tuning in for sure. Um, that should be a fun episode. Those are good fun guys over there. So, um, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big game. If any, if nothing else, it'll be a, another Champions League night. Hopefully, uh, memorable for the good re- for good reasons, not the bad. Um, but we will see. Um, anything else to plug uh, other than going on that going on that podcast or radio show? No, that's that's about it. Yeah, just we'll, we'll continue to give you updates on that that watch party and everything. And uh, feel free to send us your questions every week before we record. We love. Uh, speaking to what you would like us to speak to and, and hearing your input and everything. So we will see you on twitter.com. Uh, that's right. Um, once again, I'm your host Richard Carmen. You can find me at R underscore K H A R M A N on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube making videos and uh, yeah, uh, make sure uh, you, you can find us anywhere that you stream music with that. Uh, we say, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Tschüss.